Uh, hello everyone, boys and girls, this is Ravaya from Need, and you're listening to the Progcast. Welcome back to not just another episode of the broadcast. It is actually the very first episode of the broadcast in the new year in 2021. It's episode 101 and I'm super happy um, yeah, that you, you all tuned in again or maybe it's the first time. So welcome back to the show or welcome for the first time. And I'm also super excited to share this first um, episode of the third broadcast year with Ravaya calling all the way from Greece. Hey, buddy, how are you doing? Great to see hello, and hear hello. you again. <laughs> it's been a yes. while. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. It's, it's nice to be here uh, to see and hear you once again. And a happy new year to everyone. Happy new year. Uh, yeah. What 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 a year uh, is behind us, and it is uh, now the beginning of January, and one of the very first prog albums to come out this year that a lot of people are looking forward to. I think is of course the new Need album, which is called Norchestrion, a song for the end, and it's uh, obviously a kind of third part to a trilogy, a song for. Home yeah, was in yeah. 2014, and then we had the song for freedom, Hagayamas, in 2017, and now we have the, a song for the end. Uh, the new Need album is the fifth Need studio album. Uh, when 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 did you uh, write and record these songs? Did you uh, record them during last year, or was the album done before? Well, yeah, it's kind of hard to remember right now, but it's been a while. Yeah, it's, it's been a while with all this stuff happening. Um, recordings were done uh, quite a while uh, ago, like, uh, I guess, uh, the better part of a year before the album was going to come out on the 12th of January. So, yeah, the whole COVID business, you know, made us think about stuff, about when we should put the album out and, and, and stuff. I think drums were recorded like uh, one and a half years ago. Then I did my guitars. My bass was was done around that time. Uh, last thing to be recorded was, of course, the vocals because that's the way it goes, uh, <laughs> generally speaking. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been done uh, quite a while now, but now it's finally coming out, and you know, you guys get to hear it, and that's great. <laughs> So, yeah, are you releasing it independently again? Definitely, yes. Yes, uh, independent is the way to go for us. <laughs> uh, you know, Hagayamas was actually the first uh, release that we did through Bandcamp exclusively, and it, it did really well for us and helping us, uh, you know, go on tours and actually make more money to put in the band again uh, for <laughs> the stuff we need to be a prog band these days. So yeah, we're doing it independently again, and let's hope this goes well. Also, yeah. Um, of course, the title uh, seems a bit fitting for these times. So, what was the title set before all things went down the drain? Um, <laughs> About yes, a year interestingly, ago. <laughs> yeah, in, interestingly, interestingly, yes, the title was set uh, long ago, uh, you know, recent events with the COVID stuff. Um, yeah, it's, so, it's kind of strange, isn't it? <laughs> so how, how does it fit in with the other two um, previous albums uh, conceptually? What, 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 what is the, the story or the meaning behind these uh these songs for home freedom and the end well that's a really big uh, conversation i think a uh, long conversation but i'll just say this um this is the final part of the trilogy uh that started you know from home where the heart is and then it kind of expanded to include freedom and 
definitely this is the end and by end um it's i think it's uh the, the ending of, of a cycle for us uh, mm -hmm. being uh you know these three albums i think have many things in common um in their architecture if i may so i think this is the the last album need is ever going to do with this kind of let's say format and it's it's a fitting end to you know to put a bow on top and be done with this a song four thing uh what does it mean i don't know <laughs> Be, okay. Okay. well i have many thoughts on this but i i'd prefer if people you know made their made up their own story about the albums yeah one one thing in particular that uh stands out and that like I think uh, no other band really did like this before uh, are, of course, the spoken word tracks like uh, Iota on on Hegayamas and and now we have Vadis uh, on yes. Norkestrion with the um, yeah um, actors actually uh, voice acting uh, like deeply philosophical dialogue. And I was, I was, I, I have to admit, I was super excited to get this kind of uh, sequel to Iota in the form of Vadis, and and I was, uh, but yeah, it's 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 kind of there's so many layers to to this to these little, even though it's like short conversations, but uh, I I'm really curious how you how you came up with this uh, this unusual. Um, yeah, approach to a song, or it's it. Funnily enough, I I found that uh, Iota was kind of leading into Egayamas, the title track, and now yes, now Vadis is again leading into the title track, Nocestrion. Um So they are they're kind of intros, but also can stand on their own as a philosophical piece. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Well, yes, I'm, I'm very glad you say this. Um, I think it's part intentional and, um, you know, part happenstance. I mean, uh, these uh, short little uh, one act plays, I would say, you know, conversations or whatever you want to call them. Uh, just they're just things I that come to me. I just usually I'm done with writing the text in one sitting. I, I remember writing iota in like 20 minutes and i was in in, in a dressing room in, in a greek theater because i'm an actor that's what i do in my life and i remember writing iota like in 20 minutes and um then the vadis funnily enough if if you contextualize vadis in, in in the current situation it's like it was kind of written for this mess we're all <laughs> living in right now but it was it was written like maybe one and a half years ago, maybe two years ago, it also came to me in in one sitting when I was actually contemplating uh, actually the questions you're asking, uh, like why is this the end? What is the end? What is a song for the end? Um, always trying to approach it from different angles and, and perspectives, and and Vadis is just what came out. Uh, and uh, really I'm really happy with it. I, uh, I like it. Uh, uh, are the are those two characters the same characters as in Iota? Even though the one is definitely a, a different speaker. <laughs> or, <laughs> well, um, Zoe Milanas, uh, the one uh, uh, of the actors, um, actresses, I must say, uh, was actually the female voice of uh, Iota. Yeah. So she's yeah, it's one returning actor, and uh, that's a top trip for you, Dario. Uh, Polixeni, <laughs> which is the other actress, is actually. Um, uh, a very good friend of mine who also sung uh, Portuguese, the Portuguese lyrics in Orvams and Theogen. There was a, a track with some Portuguese lyrics and Polixeni was actually singing those lyrics in Orvam. So it's kind of a blend between Orvam and Hagayamas that comes together in Orchestrian. Wow. Like, um, yeah, character-wise, I had, I had the feeling that her character... Um, might be the same character as the male voice in uh, in Iota, 
or is it completely wrong? <laughs> no, you know, nothing's wrong. It, it, it very well could be because uh, in, a, in some weird way, I think all these little um, peculiar narration songs or narrative songs are connected in some way. And, and you know, not to sound, <laughs> but I, I am the person who wrote those dialogues. So maybe it's, it's part of me coming out also. I don't know. But surely uh, Zoe's uh, voice and Polyxena's voice uh, are, are giving, the, you know, are actually making Vadis what it is, and I'm, I'm very happy with it. <laughs> and yeah. it's very odd that people, you know, in, in interviews and people who had the opportunity to listen to the album are actually focusing on, on Vadis <laughs> and, and also the, the last song, which <laughs> is in Greek. Yeah. And it's a, a soul, soul voice, uh, Kinwind. Uh, it's, it's nice because I think it, 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 it gives some, some layering to, to the album. It's not, it completes it in a, in a certain way. Yeah, and it, it, it is a, a very unique uh, thing f that people will find in the need sound cosmos, so to speak, um, that they don't find in any other prog metal band or from any other prog metal band. But of course, there's the other songs that are real songs. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. I, I think Vadis is a real song also, though. <laughs> okay. It's just a peculiar song, like, you know? Uh, like, like let, let, let's say more traditionally with, you know, with music yes, yes. And, and singing and all that. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely, definitely. Uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe uh, this kind of, of narrative song structure I think there's room to evolve that and actually include also, you know, singing and more instruments, maybe in the future. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe it's the last time we do it. Um, speaking of which, I, I just, um, it just reminds me of the newest, latest Arian album, which has had a lot of narration. And ha have you heard uh, Transitus? No, are, no, are you an Arian fan at all? <laughs> Well, I wouldn't say I'm a fan. I am familiar, uh, you know, with the work. I've, I've yeah. actually, you know, listened to a lot of stuff. It's uh, it's really good and, <laughs> you know, super, uh, you know, uh, blockbuster prog metal, I would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I've heard a lot of people saying that, yeah, the, the narration were like throwing them off out, out of the, you know, the world, the singers that are creating. And, yes, and, and, yes, and, uh, yes. I, kind of. I understand. Kind of, um, yeah, interrupting the musical flow and all that. And I, I had the feeling uh, at first as well, but but then the second time or third time I listened, I I slowly came to to like it for for what it is. Um, but yeah, but you, know, you know what the thing is though. You know, people have, of course, their opinion and and. Also, there, there are some people who say this about also our narrative parts, uh, our narrative songs, and you know that's their opinion. But to me, uh, when it's done like um, with a nice aesthetic, I think it adds to the album. For example, uh, maybe you've heard of uh, Blind Guardian's uh, Nightfall in the Middle Earth. That's album. It's fa it's a fantastic album. I think it's perfect ten masterpiece, and the, the the narrative parts in that album are phenomenal. I mean, they never throw you off. They, they actually, uh, if anything, they immerse you deeper yeah. to, to the sound of the album. So, you know, like like everything, there's good narrations, uh, not so good, mediocre, like totally trash. Maybe I don't know. And 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 of course, it all comes to to the person listening. <laughs> um. Yes, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Yes, uh, the thing is, though, you know, um, if well, it's very complicated discussion this um i don't know if people uh listen to like entire albums anymore or some people do and some people don't i think that if a person likes would like to immerse him or herself um in a sound of, a, of an entire album i think these kind of elements actually add up to the experience uh definitely not a single you know friendly tune like, there's nothing wrong with that, you know, but um, I'm just accustomed to listening albums, uh, you know, from beginning to end. And I think this is, I hope Norchestrian is also 
one of those albums that you listen to it from the from the start start to finish. Yeah, if if there's a genre where 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 it still is a thing to listen to whole albums and also do concept albums and all that, it's of course the prog genre, right? Definitely, <laughs> definitely, yes, yes, definitely, yes. I I, I hope. It's not only Prague because I, I love Prague, of course, but uh, many of the styles of music, you know, I, I even listen to Michael Jackson albums through and through. I, I like it. You know, I like <laughs> listening to albums. It's it's an experience for me. It's kind of going away, I guess. But, um, you know, for people who still like it, I think it's a treat. Yeah. Um, now we talked all of like a lot about these narrations and all this stuff. But we also want to know about the music, of course. Um, was the songwriting any different uh, to the previous albums? Um, how 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 do you write songs in need? Um, well, <laughs> that's that's um, yeah. Let, let me just tell you exactly how we do it. Um, to be honest, this this is our fifth album, okay. But of course, the the first two albums. I wouldn't say were uh, you know particularly liked by by a lot of people. You know, there are those you know all those people, fans, God bless them, the universe <laughs> bless them, whatever that they like the first two albums, and the first two albums were um, were uh, you know uh, written in a, in a different way than the, the last three. So it was mainly just me trying to get riffs together and record them, record the demo in my computer and whatever, and. It just didn't feel like a band situation to me uh, doing the first two albums. Okay, of course, we were in a band, we were all together, but it just it missed something, uh, you know. Uh, so when we did Orvam, uh, it was me who I, I was insisting on all of us being there when, you know, and jamming on every riff, you know every tune, every melody, and then talking about it. We, we talk a lot mm -hmm. in our rehearsals when mm -hmm. we write uh, music. Like, we play a, a part and then, you know, add another part and talk about, like, is this a chorus? Do we like it? Uh, how does this make me feel? Should we, you know, throw it away or change it? Or So it's, it's a group effort, okay? Uh, that being said, yeah, of course, I, I bring all the music to the table, but it's filtered through all the members of the band it's a very long process <laughs> and mm -hmm. uh you know in the end i think it's worth it you know it, 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 you can see that orvam agaimas and hopefully now orchestron are products of th this kind of, of procedure like to you know going every part every melody all together you know talking about it and then listening back to it and you know building on the stuff we do every day at rehearsal. So yeah, this is the way we do it. We do it old school. We, <laughs> we don't even do that. You know, we don't even do demos uh, unless a, a song is, is finished at rehearsal. Unless we feel we like playing it, it, it vibrates in a certain way. That, that's, that's the way we do it. it. It takes, I don't know, four months of three, three or four rehearsals a week or like three or four hours to do an album, uh, maybe more sometimes <laughs> and and then when when you record it uh is uh did did you record it with with uh, hector in the studio again oh yes definitely <laughs> yes how, uh, how much is he part of the need sound <laughs> i would say like a, a huge part of the sound is hector um actually He's our, our, our live uh, engineer also, live sound engineer. So he knows what we do uh, uh, like better than anyone else. He, he's like a sixth member to, of our band. Um, and, you know, he also gets the, the recordings from the rehearsals and we talk and, you know, we discuss things over and over. Um, that's a, a good thing. And uh, it's also, I, I wouldn't say it's a bad thing, but when someone is so close to the band, uh, it's, he's like almost a member, a sixth member of the band. Uh, when, when it comes down to deciding on the sounds and how the album's gonna feel, it, it, it's it's a pro. He, he doesn't treat us like, you know, like we're just a band who came to his studio to to get a mix. You know, <laughs> I I think. Uh, let me think. I think we we rarely talk technical stuff. 
with Hector uh, when we're doing mixes. Uh, we always we only talk about how do things feel, how does it sound, what what do we want to convey? All right. uh, a certain sound, a certain mix. Like should it be more tame? Should it be more powerful? Uh, and he does his his magic, and I think he's super great at doing what he does for us. Do do, do you? Does he also like have the freedom to to make choices in the end? <laughs> well, he has the freedom to change anything he wants, like to uh, come to the table and say, "Oh, I didn't like that, so I uh, you know deleted that or I changed that." And you know, if if we we like it, we just let it be. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's. I think. The, the, everyone has freedom in this band, which is uh, an odd thing to say. But yeah, like until the final, final moment, uh, er everything is open. Uh, then we, we decide all together if, if we like something or not. I mean, when there's when there's like some issue where no one gets to agree with no one else, then most of the times it's me who makes the final call <laughs> okay. like okay because we have to finish this it has to be that way or something yeah so it's like making a, 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 a film i guess or or a, a theater uh, play a theater production it's all it's an ongoing process you know it's a process until it's done and you know it's it's good that it's it finishes because i think if it you know, if we we're not we're not going to put the album out, it was going to be we're going to be mixing and changing stuff forever. <laughs> yeah. you, so you need to set yourself a deadline. Yeah, but that that being said, you know what? Uh, I think for every song, uh, like and for every movie or for every book or whatever, there's always something in, in the center of of you know a song. Let's say that, that actually makes that song what it is so it's it's until we get that you know we, we we actually tune ourselves to what is you know the center of the song what what does the particular song stand on is it is it a riff is it a, a melody is it you know uh, a combination of things maybe a lyric um that we have to you know make sure it comes out and it's conveyed to the audience once we nail that we know what's what what the soul of the song is then it doesn't matter you know if, <laughs> if the mix is like this or like that you know i think if if, if we nail that then the song is cool uh yeah you mentioned it sometimes it's a it's a piece of lyric and that's uh uh definitely the the um the case with the mortal I've become uh -huh. so, so dark and sinister. <laughs> that 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 is kind of the 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 center point of the uh, of the that song. I would say it was also the uh -huh. what was it the first? I think it was also the first single, right? Yes, definitely yes. And I'm so happy that you say this because <laughs> um, this time around, um, I was you know contemplating and thinking of how how to change things up and uh Nimortal is actually uh, one of well I, I really don't want to write lyrics because <laughs> I, I love to to you know to talk things you know over with john and you know get both of us in, our, in the same headspace and then he writes and then we talk about it and change it uh, that's the way it's done with the lyrics but in this album i i actually did did, did write some melodies and lyrics and I've become so dark and sinister was actually <laughs> the thing I brought for an immortal. And the whole song was actually based on, uh, on this lyric and, and the melody that I wrote. I was driving one day, you know, coming home from work and I recorded it on my, on my phone, this, and, and, you know, the melody after the second chorus, which it sounds kind of like Indian. It was, it was this lyric I've become so dark and sinister and, <laughs> and that melody. And we built the whole song around something, you know, just, hummed which is great for us it's liberating you know not to put uh technique and stuff and harmony and everything you know in it when it, it actually started from this very very simple thing and i'm so happy that you said you know, this is the center of the song because <laughs> i think so too 
Yeah, well, it 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 starts with it like with with nothing else around it. So so it's it's put in, into the center of attention from from the get go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, and yeah. Let's talk specifics, but when, when the song starts, it says I've become so, and I think so dark and sinister is kind of the resolution to that, <laughs> which is kind of sad, but it's, it's the way I felt at that day, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. In, in, in the meantime, between, between Higayamas and Orchestrion, you also put out a little solo EP last, uh, I wanted to say last year, but now it's been like... The, the previous year, <laughs> in <laughs> yeah, 2019, okay. Rift Hard. Um, yes, definitely. You, you, you want to uh, tell us a little bit about this this little solo EP that you did? Oh, yes. That was a long time in the past. Yes, uh, <laughs> of course. Definitely. Um, you know, it, it was... Uh, Norchestrian was not going to be coming up uh, soon at that point so i had a uh, uh, some time in my hands and you know just decided why don't i try to do something with you know like get not guitar based like guitar hero stuff but just do a small instrumental record a small record an ep with some stuff i would like to play maybe and to be honest i did it because when I first thought about doing it, I, I didn't think I could do it. I was like, no, how am I going to do songs with no vocals? And that, that, so that was immediately then that was a goal. Can I do songs without vocals? But songs, not like instrumental, um, you know, solo pieces or whatever. And it, yeah, I, I, I did it. It Actually, people liked it and I'm very happy to have made it. Uh, very, very happy to have made a small record, Riftard. <laughs> Um, and and did you did you record everything yourself and and like uh, or or did you have some friends or uh, oh so yeah well, Hector, Hector of course <laughs> Hector played the drums and, and bass on it oh okay and uh, yeah he played both drums and bass on it and, and mixed it also oh. and um, uh, Anthony our keyboard player from Need uh, he did the, the keyboard parts so yeah I didn't stray <laughs> away <laughs> from the path I guess. But, but um, yeah, it was a happy accident, I think, Riftard. <laughs> happy little accidents. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, uh, yeah, it, 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 like, believe it or not, like, of course you believe it, because it, it, it was, I think we did it in like two weeks or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I mean, recorded the stuff and, and mixed it in, in two weeks, <laughs> which which was great. It's, it's a whole nother approach to to the whole the whole thing you know yeah yeah of course i had some stuff you know and and you know some music that i recorded on my phone or even uh like many years ago some stuff i demoed like half finished demos but you know it came together in two weeks that was it i'm very happy for it and you know maybe i'll do something in the future also but Rift Art is okay. <laughs> Rift Art is what it is. <laughs> um, now the focus, of course, lies on Norchestrion, a song for the end, which comes out on January 12th. And uh, yeah, I, I wish you guys all the best with this record. And I <coughs> do hope, probably, we all hope that at one point you also will be able to play these songs live. Ooh, yeah. Somewhere. <laughs> Somewhere at yeah, some we, point. Yeah, we hope so too. <laughs> we hope so too. But we'll see. We'll see what happens with with, with concerts and, and gigs. Yeah. Uh, I sure hope they make a comeback because yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm seriously seriously thinking that, that this COVID business um, might have altered the, the scene like to a point where uh, we might not see live performances in, in the way that you know, before the, yeah. the COVID mess. Did, um, did, did, you, we'll did you, as a music fan, check out any any streams last year? Yeah, I want to say yes, but <laughs> I did check out some live stream stuff and I just couldn't uh, relate to it at all. Okay. Um, but that, that, of course, mm. doesn't does not mean that there's no merit in this and, and people who are accustomed or probably, you know, uh, 
get a you know get get live streams when they're 12 or something or 13 maybe it's it's a part of their world yeah uh, john actually um kind of uh it actually um checked out the festival uh the prox space did and he told me that you know what yeah not all of it was uh, for me but the, the, you know there's some parts of it which i really enjoyed and uh, the bands were really cool and yeah which yeah i think it might be this way but it's just not for me i just it is what it is for the time being um L let's hope you're <laughs> right about the for the time being thing though yeah you know because um i can't really fathom how uh, performances will be without audiences and uh, you know the whole experience the whole yeah. concert going experience also, also, also for your day job at the theater i guess oh my god it's a mess yeah uh <laughs> it is a mess definitely i was i was so fortunate to be in the in the national theater of greece during the pandemic crisis and yeah i think it's the most awkward i've felt ever <laughs> on stage because we got well last year we were actually rehearsing for a performance in the National Theatre of Greece and, and it got, you know, uh, cancelled, basically. And it, it got moved to this year and, you know, stuff opened. And we opened, like, at the end of October and played... We did 10 performances and then there was a second lockdown and then we did live streaming. <laughs> like, we did two live streaming performances, which was super awkward because we yeah. were in... The, uh, in the main stage of the National Theatre of Greece, but it's like 700 seats and they were all empty. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was something. I mean, yeah, it was very different than than, than anything we've done before. But I think theatre, okay, theatre is not going to work in live streaming. Definitely not. <laughs> I mean, music might work at some point if, if, if I think the the analogy is uh, the mixture is found of what is a music live stream i mean what what could it be that makes it unique as a medium yeah. Th that will be a sight to see if somebody actually nails it um but theater no theater is never going to work <laughs> at a live stream yeah all right before i let you go i i want to um yeah take our um, famous what's in your Walkman section also over to the new year. And I want to ask you, what um, have you been listening to lately? Is there anything that stands out that you would like to share with our listeners and your fans? Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, it's no surprise, of course, what I'm going to say. Um, I think I've been doing the new Fates Warning nonstop. Okay. <laughs> so... Yeah, I was blown away uh, by this album. I think it's definitely album of the year for um, 2020. Uh, I get chills like all over my body thinking about it. I think if this is the final Fates Warning album, then yeah, cool. That's, that's <laughs> a, it's, ended, it's ended on a high note. What's, what's uh, your favorite song? Whew. <laughs> Uh, I think uh, Longest Shadow of the Day, definitely. Uh, last song is amazing. Um, I listened to the whole thing, to be honest. But, but you know, the, the long track, I think it's something they haven't done before in, in that yeah. way. It's, um, it, it's definitely the most diverse face warning record ever. In, like, as the, the songs are very different sounding and uh not sticking to one particular mood or style um which which was definitely something new for fate's warning uh, but speaking of fate's warning and speaking about fate's warning with a greek prog metal fan or with a greek metal fan um can you tell me what's what's what is it with greek greece and fate's warning <laughs> uh, yeah I, I have no idea i mean I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> there is something, of course. I mean, Fate's Warning is super successful here in Greece. Yeah. And we actually um, had the honor and privilege to open for them in their, uh, the last tour they did 
here in Athens, which was amazing. I got Jim Matheos to sign both of my need guitars. So I got two signature model Jim Matheos guitars and only I've got them, which is great because he, does, he hasn't got a signature model. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I think it, it, it's, let, let me think about it. What, what could it be? Because I think Fate's Warning is a prog band, but it, it, it's not a flashy yeah prog band they haven't been a flashy prog band for many years now i think uh as time passes uh, they've kind of um you know gone deeper and deeper to 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 the to the heart and soul of things and that's what makes them mm -hmm. unique. It, the, the, it, it amazes the, to, me that they're not to, super su successful you know to, i have to, to say yeah it, it amazes me yeah to 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 the light and shade of things <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 um the the other band that 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 I can see from from as a, from an outsider's perspective that is like has a crazy crazy following in Greece in particular uh, would be Psychotic Waltz. Uh, oh yeah, man! Like Psychotic Waltz <laughs> was my favorite band for many years. Like, and I still love them. Um, so, <laughs> what, what are your thoughts yeah. on their new comeback album? Okay, so people are gonna hate me, but I don't care really. Uh, yeah, it just didn't do it for me. It's fair. It just didn't fair do it. enough. But um, but people, you know, I have people whom I, I, I you know really appreciate and, and trust their opinion. They told me that you should give it another shot. You should <laughs> definitely give it another shot. And I, I probably will, but I'm I'm too busy listening to Fate's Warning now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, it's it's they. You know, when when a band has this special place in your heart, sometimes it's with new stuff. Like after so many years. You you never know what to expect. Maybe it's, I mean, I'm not sure what I expected from Psycho to yeah. be honest. Uh, also, let me just say, I my other uh, favorite album for 2020 was uh, Pussifer's Underwhelming. That, that mm -hmm. was that was the album for me after Fate's Warning, of course. Yeah. Um, because you know, I know it's not metal enough or prog enough, maybe, but for me, that was a great album. Well, it's it's definitely in the prog periphery or in the prog prog tangent um so yeah. okay um, so dario can i ask you a question <laughs> yes of course <laughs> okay so tell me i mean because this issue you just you know put in the conversation is is pretty big i think i mean what is prog today <laughs> you dropped the bomb right there <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean what's it to you i mean you're 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 a guy who likes prog music i mean is really into this stuff you listen to a lot of bands what is prog nowadays um i like to think for well pro i think prog is uh something else to for for everyone like you know what i mean so it, it it might be something different for you than it's than it's for me, and of course, if you look into all these uh, you know Facebook groups, um, they they might be full of uh, people who are saying, yeah, Prague died uh, with uh, uh, the year nineteen seventy eight or whatever. <laughs> And <laughs> before I was born, maybe you too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and there, there's there there will people be there there'll be people who will say, yeah, Dream Theater was the pinnacle of prog metal, and there's not like um, there's the, they wouldn't even touch any band who is expanding the boundaries of what prog music is and could be in the future and whatever. Uh, who are incorporating modern uh, um, influences, be it from extremer metal or extremer music regions, or be it from more popular music regions. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and there's, uh, in the last years, there's definitely um, the modern prog. Um, I, I, see, I see a lot of... Um, a lot of bands experimenting with pop influences, um, which is great. And I also see a lot of um, uh, movement in more crazy, extreme and experimental and avant-garde stylings, which is ultimately prog for me and not uh, having the same 70s 
sound yeah, so, sound so an album maybe, for forever, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe Prague in, in the end of the day is is music for for listeners who actually live and die you know uh by their music it's it's yeah. a music for deep music lovers i think deep music I mean, lovers that's a, that's a beautiful uh, uh thing uh, that you're saying and in the last year i also got a lot of uh, like yeah met a lot of people or was i was in contact with a lot of prog fans that actually would say never never ever call me a prog fan and they're Uh, some of their favorite albums also included like the, the new Taylor Swift album and the new Dua Lipa album and all of that, which um, some old school progress might find uh, uh, quite uh, to be a heresy or anything, like, something like that. You know what I mean? Um, but I love this, this sense of, yeah, this breeze of change and and that that it's becoming more and more okay and accepted to also like pop music when you're a progger yeah, <laughs> sure uh, and, i mean i like pop music just not contemporary pop music like i said i like michael jackson yeah to be honest. I never well, think it's... of course now is the, the the these days the big debate in the prog forums is uh steven wilson covers taylor swift Is this prog or not? Is he selling? Um, is he a sellout now or whatever? And and of course, people have very different, um, very differing uh, opinions about you know it. What? And, uh, and so some are very vocal about it that they that they hate it and they 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 don't think he's doing prog music anymore and they are disappointed or whatever. And they're mm -hmm. very vocal and and very disappointed. But but then there's people who um embrace it uh who have been listening to steven wilson and taylor swift alongside for a long time already um or um also maybe some steven wilson fans who are uh who have never listened to to taylor swift before because they thought ah oh, it's this country pop girl and uh, i'm never gonna like her music but now that they heard Steven Wilson's uh, rendition of that song, they might check out uh, her last album because they actually liked it and they might find some beautiful music, which is the beauty of being open-minded. <laughs> yeah, but do, do you know what the thing is, though, uh, talking about Steven Wilson, I mean, let's just be clear on this. I think uh, Steven Wilson is an international uh, music treasure. That's yeah. what I think. I mean, that's that's the end of it. I mean, he's, he's done so much music, so diverse music. Yeah. With playing with different musicians, uh, doing different styles uh, for so many years. It's 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 yeah. an, a privilege, you know, to to be able to uh, to listen to the stuff. Yeah, he does as as, as much as, as much as I love the the insurgentes for for its for its uh, noisy darkness or grace for drowning or uh, the raven, of course. Uh, like as much as I love these already three quite different sounding at the heart of it uh, records, um, I wouldn't want him to repeat himself over and over in the same style, uh, even though I might not connect with the new stuff as much as I did with The Raven, for example, um, or Raider 2 or whatever. Um, It's still more exciting than getting the same stuff over and over, and that you that is I, that is also a part of being prog. <laughs> of course, and I think Stephen Wilson. I mean, if if this was a, a different era, probably like a, some years in the past, I think Stephen Wilson would be uh, you know uh, name checked uh, opposite Pink Floyd or uh, you know uh, Tangerine Dream or uh, Led Zeppelin, maybe I don't know, yeah. but. Of course, this is not the era of such, uh, uh, you know, big, great stadium arena bands. But I think Stephen Wilson is our era's version of that, and we should all be grateful and happy. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's yeah. the way it is. The Future Bites um, is coming out soon as well. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be an interesting ride um, from from what we heard um, as the singles already. 
it's yeah, it's, it's gonna I think be they're different. great <laughs> <laughs> i love i love everything this guy does and even if i don't like it i love to listen to it you know to get the, a glimpse of what he was thinking, of, of, of his where his, his creative life mind. journey is taking yeah. him. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. He's amazing. I mean, <laughs> we should be very happy that he's actually alive and well and making music. Even uh, if, 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 if he's making it for prog fans or not for prog fans. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, I saw this interview with him for, for his last album where he said he got the whole momentum going for, for his new album when he he asked this person what he does for a living and this person said i'm my job is to review uh stuff people put in their online baskets in, in shopping baskets but don't buy them so this is my job like oh wow that's weird <laughs> that's a weird job man, that, that to me was like yes yes i want to i want to listen to a record that was you know inspired by because it's mind-blowing i mean could you imagine that like 15 years ago like what's your job i review stuff i, I try to understand why people put stuff in their shopping baskets but they don't have, end up buying it and <laughs> you know what I've done it. I've put stuff in my in my basket, mostly guitars and stuff, which I don't, uh, I can't afford. And look at them, and then I don't buy them. And you know, <laughs> but it, it was super interesting to me to to hear that this this there's an album that started its thought process on, on this on this super weird stuff trivia thing, you know. Yeah. And also, let's just say this. Um, I don't know about you, but I think even I mean, today I, I re I'm really not into the new, like classic prog stuff like Dream Theater anymore. I, I mean, I used to be, and I am a, a super Dream Theater fan, but let's just say that this band, Dream Theater, all through the 90s, uh, you know, everybody, everyone was listening to grunge and to other stuff. And I think in a way, Dream Theater is, is, is the band that carried the prog metal genre for a whole decade almost single-handedly carried the okay. torch yes and, and that's amazing and yeah I, i'm true even, even if even if i don't maybe i hope i like their new record but even if i didn't like the astonishing or, or the last record i'm so happy that these guys they continue to make music and yeah. and, and you know that's not top 40 music that's not sponsored by huge companies and sponsors and whatever and doesn't get force fed to people and it's music that i think ultimately comes from the heart from from a very uh, uh you know sacred place in, in one's uh, mind and, and soul and heart and and that's great <laughs> so as long as Beautiful. as long as there's music that's made that way i want to listen to it even if i even if i don't like it <laughs> yeah um, and you you ask what what's modern like we we were we were talking about modern prog and we kind of derived a little bit from the what's in your Walkman section. I want to give my my two entries uh, today. You you mentioned Fate's Warning and Pussifer, um, and I'm gonna put that into the playlist. Uh, what I've been listening to a lot uh, these last weeks was the new single from a uh, French artist uh, that goes under the name of Feather. And he put out a song called Mirrors. So it's almost uh, written like mirrors, but with only one R in the middle. M-I-R-O-R-S. Um, okay. it's, it's supposedly an acronym. I don't know what it stands for, but it's uh, nine or ten minutes of super amazing ambient prog metal and uh, topped off with a stellar solo by Lucas De La Rosa. And the other one would be, yeah, the 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 new, still kind of new, I guess, uh, Vola single head mounted sideways. That's also uh, okay. a, a, a banger, an absolute banger. Two two tracks that I, I can't get enough of these days. They're uh, also French guys, Vola, right? Or am, am I mistaken? Uh, uh, Vola are Danish. Oh, Dennis, I'm sure. Yeah, and then <laughs> and with, 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 a, with a Swedish drummer. <laughs> okay, okay. And, uh, well, I, I, I know, or, or I'm, I'm pretty sure that, with, that we will get to hear more Vola and more, um, more news from Vola soon, hopefully. Um, and um, 
yeah, their new album is is due and we are waiting for it. So these are the two songs that uh, I'm recommending today. It's uh, been a great uh, way to start the Prague year off by nerding out about the big question: What is Prague? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We should we should address that sometime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, usually, uh, we shy away from the question because it's uh, it can be quite controversial. <laughs> yeah, as long as you know, there's people who love music and and there's a diversity in music. I think one can not go wrong by saying what Prague is. So Prague is. Heartfelt, soulful music for weird people, I guess. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you so much for taking the time. All the best uh, with the release of Norcastrian, a song for the Thank end. Thank you. Out on January 12th. I'm thinking we're going to drop this episode on Monday, January 11th. So one day after. If you if you haven't pre-ordered it, go to Bandcamp and snatch your copy of Need's new album. It is a banger. I can attest to that. Um, I have listened to it a couple of times. Uh, Ravaya, please say uh, hi to the rest of the band uh, on our behalf. And um, as always, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for returning to the broadcast now in 2021. I'm looking forward to many great prog adventures with you. And as always, take care of yourselves, take care of your loved ones, and listen to great music. The Progcast is a production of Stuus Media and is presented by the Prog Space. It is produced by Randy M. Salo, Janine Stengel-Lewis, Blake Lewis, and Dario Albrecht. Our theme music is by This Is Not An Elephant, and Van Kirsch does our graphics. New episodes of the podcast drop every Monday and Thursday. And don't miss our Friday Top 5 episode where we discuss our favorite new releases from that week. For more interviews and reviews in the written form, check out theprogspace.com. <laughs>